We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 73 of the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. We have got a packed show for you guys today. A little bit of a different episode. Thomas Floyd is actually busy with exams this week at South Carolina. So we've just got an exclusive interview for you guys with a very special Gamecock and someone that I was a huge fan of growing up. He played for the Gamecocks from 2003 to 2006, was a Swiss Army Knife type player, could really do it all for South Carolina and did it all with the Gamecocks in Garnet and Black. I sit down and chat with Savelle Newton. We talk about the recruiting process for him, position changes, playing for Steve Spurrier, what he's doing after football, and much, much more in a very exclusive interview. So please be sure to stay tuned for that. As always, this show is presented to you by SeatGeek. Be sure to go download the SeatGeek app and use the promo code SPURSUP to get $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek is the only app I use for ticket buying. They actually have a rating system which rates the tickets based on the deal you're getting. So if you're getting a really good deal, you'll see a green meter next to the tickets. If you're getting a really bad deal, you'll see a red meter next to the tickets. It's, again, the only ticket buying app that I use. You can purchase tickets to anything. We're talking Belk Bowl. We're talking college basketball, NFL, comedy club, uh, concerts, you name it. Anything you want, it's on SeatGeek. So download the SeatGeek app. Use our promo code SPURSUP, that's S-P-U-R-S-U-P, to get $20 off your first purchase. If you're looking to go to the Belk Bowl and you've already got an account and say, Chris, what do I do? Download the SeatGeek app anyways, create a new account with a new email, and use that promo code SPURSUP to get $20 off your first purchase and get your $20 off your purchase off the Belk Bowl tickets. We want as many Gamecock fans as we can get in Charlotte. All right, so let's get into the interview. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Let's do it. Joining us today on the Spurs Up show is a Gamecock fan that I know all of you are very familiar with. He played for the Gamecocks from 2003 to 2006, is one of just four players in college football history with more than 600 yards rushing, passing, and receiving in his career. A Swiss Army Knife do-it-all type player for the Gamecocks. I want to welcome to the show Savelle Newton. Savelle, again, appreciate you taking the time and uh, really pleased to have you on. Hey, thank you guys for allowing me to be on this show. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I want to jump right into it. Um, obviously, you are a very highly rated recruit coming out of high school, and for good reason. Uh, it's funny, you know, before we went on the, uh, you know, before we went live here, I was actually just watching some of your old videos, highlight videos, and 
the one that came up was your recruiting announcement, if you will, where you picked between Carolina and Clemson and put the Clemson hat on and then threw it off with the Carolina yeah. hat on. And uh, yeah. I just listened to that interview. You talked about how close it was between Clemson and Carolina and where you went to college. Just talk about, you know, how close was it really? And at the end of the day, what made you want to be a Gamecock? Well, um, during that recruiting process, um, uh, Coach Rick Stocksdale was at Clemson during the time, and um, he was very aggressive um, recruiting me um, and Demetrius Summers and, and Noah Whiteside, a couple more guys out there in the state. And also, we did, when Chris Koch was at U, uh, USC at the time, he was recruiting me for USC. Um, it was kind of like a battle. I never did want to go to either one of the schools, actually, in South Carolina. I actually um, had committed to Auburn. I committed to Auburn. Um, and then once I went down and met with Coach Tuberville, he didn't know who I was. So I was like, you know, I'm committing to a school that a coach don't even know who I am. Mm. And then um, I wanted to go to the other USC. Um, but Pete Carroll, he didn't want me to play quarterback. And so I committed to U, uh, UCLA just, you know, to get away from home. And that whole coaching staff got fired the same week I committed. And, you know, it kind of left me with, I knew I wasn't going to play in the cold. So I wasn't going to any of the schools upstate and I didn't want to go to Florida to play at all. So um, it just left me kind of with the in-state schools and me and kind of Demetrius, we got together and we just decided to say, Hey, which one are we going to? Which which one is going to be? He said South Carolina, so I said South Carolina too. That's kind of how that actually happened. That's awesome. So you guys obviously played for a Hall of Fame coach, a legend, Lou Holtz. I know you'd also talked about in that interview. That was a big uh, selling point for you, obviously, the relationship with Lou Holtz. Just talk about – because you got to play for him for his last two years coaching oh, yeah. ever. Just talk about that relationship you had with Lou Holtz and not only the impact he had on you as a football player, but the yes. you know everlasting impact he's had on you to this day. Well, Coach Holtz was one of those guys when he um, when he came to recruit me, you know, he he had some it was something about him that that kind of just led me to to be more, um, you know, leaning towards um, Carolina. Uh, he he gave those those old grandpa lines that <laughs> that just made you just sit and think about like, wait, wait, wait a minute. What did he say? And then after you think about it, you, you, you just got it. And um, he was always one of those guys say, we're going to change the culture and you're going to be a major part of this. And then, you know, it was like one of those things. And um, even though he made me cut my hair, which he told me he wasn't <laughs> going to make me cut, cut my hair. And he told me he wasn't going to change my position. He changed my position the third day. Well, the first scrimmage we had, I had a 72-yard run. And he, the next day he had me a wide receiver. I was like <laughs> – you know, so so it was kind of it was kind of one of those things, but it was it was a great experience. Um, I actually still talked to Skip, um, Skip Holtz. I, I I was rooting for him when he came when he came into Carolina. I always always thought that he should have got a got a shot at being the coach. Um, mm-hmm. Would have loved to have him be the coach. Um, it was a hard transition going from the the Holtz family to the Spurrier family. Mm-hmm. Um, very hard, very difficult, and you know, so that that was one of the major things I hate that that you know he didn't finish my whole career out yeah and I definitely want to get to that in a second because I definitely think that's fascinating going from you know playing (laughs) it's funny you had half your career under Lou Holtz and the other half under Steve Spurrier two legendary coaches but two guys who did it completely different uh to get that common goal (laughs) um but so you talked about you know your freshman year obviously didn't play a ton but you got moved immediately so you came out of high school as 
you're going to college. I'm going to be a quarterback. You're set on dead set on being a quarterback. You get flipped to wide receiver. And I mean, really your whole career, you're just moving all over the field. How tough was that? You know, cause I'm sure you have these dreams and aspirations. You go to college. I'm going to, you know, we all have it planned out. Right. And then it, obviously nothing ever goes to plan. It seems like, but how tough was that for you being a young kid? Like you're saying, immediately you get moved positions. I mean, how were you able to combat that? Well, um, I've always been like a given person and, and person that sacrifices a lot. So, um, you know, even though it was something that I did not want to do, um, I did it for the team and they made it sound so good as far as like, you so athletic, you know, like there aren't, there aren't too many quarterbacks like your, that play like you. And during that time, during that time, the style of, of, of play hasn't hadn't all um, switched over into the running quarterbacks, the more athletic quarterbacks. It still was more drop back. Um, so, you know, Clemson really did have the offense that fit that fit my style of play. Mm. Um, coming up with the Rudrow Dantzler type quarterback, and then yep. you know, so that was really the probably the best option for me. But um, going to Carolina and just switching the positions, I never did want to switch. I never asked to switch. I know a lot of times it was told that I, I asked to switch. I never asked to switch a position one day at Carolina. Um, I always thought that I was the best quarterback on on the um, team at the time. That's a humble that's a humble way of putting it. But uh, <laughs> it, I just don't. I just never could figure out why. You know, well with Coach Hopes, I knew why with Coach Burry, but mm. with Coach Hopes, I could never just figure it out. I think he just wanted to play the senior in front yeah. of me. So, yeah, so you're, it's funny, your sophomore season, you go into that season, you get your opportunity at quarterback, have a pretty, a pretty solid year. Um, just talk about, you know, again, kind of battling adversity that freshman season didn't mm. go exactly how you wanted, but then getting that opportunity in the sophomore year, um, you know, to show kind of why you should have been in that starting role in the first place. What was that like? Because obviously, you know, South Carolina had two back-to-back, I'd say oh two and oh three were disappointing seasons, didn't make a bowl mm-hmm. game or didn't meet bowl eligibility. And in 2004, you guys were able to rebound. Uh, I mean, I still remember specifically the 2004 South Carolina-Arkansas game where Troy Williamson has the – did what Troy Williamson did best, and you guys were able – it was a really fun win. I just remember that game specifically from yeah. that season. But – just talk about what that was like getting your opportunity and kind of getting your shot to play quarterback uh, in the SEC. Well, you know, um, actually it was, it was, it was kind of fun, but it was very confusing. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of people didn't know like the, the behind the scenes things as far as the, um, as far as the coaching staff and the, the style of coaching that year, coach Holtz was, was, was actually more on the offense. He was more like in the offensive rooms, kind of mm. taking over the offensive calls. And it was a whole lot of confusion going on between uh, himself and Coach Skip Holtz. And, um, you know, it was a whole lot of confusing, um, confusing, confusion going on with the coaching staff that, that year, which kind of led to how it ended. But um, just getting my chance to be the quarterback, uh, um, didn't really have a big grasp on the offense. I didn't know exactly what I was doing. I was actually just out there just, <laughs> just you know, calling plays and didn't actually know what the play was. Sometimes, you know, he would call a Notre Dame, a Notre Dame play, and I'm like, we don't even run this play. <laughs> so it, it was it was <laughs> it was very it was very hard that year. Um, you know, just being in an offense where you didn't know like what what type of plays if you know or the third and long, we call in the play that we, we haven't even practiced all season. But it's in the playbook, so you, I guess you expect right. to know it. But um, it was just one of those things. And uh, he, uh, Coach Skip and Coach and his father didn't quite 
they weren't on the same page. And it was it was very, very, very difficult um, being a quarterback in the SEC when you got, like, the SEC defenses used to be way better than they are today. Mm. Um, you know, out, you played against an Alabama defense every single game. And actually that year we went to Alabama where they – Y'all waxed them. We, yeah, and, and, and we had two – I had, like, two touchdowns in the last, like, three minutes of that game to, to put us over the top. Mm. And um, they and they had like the top defense that year, so you played against that every single every single week in the conference. But now it's kind of you know nobody plays defense. But um, it's crazy, you know. That year was very crazy going mm. from organized offense from high school, being a number five quarterback in the nation, then going to a school that that really didn't have <laughs> have it under mm. under control. So it was hard. Yeah, and you said something I really agree with is that you were sort of ahead of the times, if you will, for being a dual-threat quarterback, quarterback that could both run and pass? Because we see it now, obviously, with the spread offense. I mean, I feel yeah. like now it's it's a rarity if you don't have a quarterback that can, can run as well as throw. Um, talk about just kind of your game as a quarterback in general. I mean, did you prefer to run over pass or pass to throw, or did, you, did it really matter to you? How would you say – or maybe if there was a professional that you tried to model your game after. I mean, was there – what was your playing style, if you will? Well, honestly, I look at quarterbacks these days in the NFL and still think I can actually go out and play better than half of them. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but the style, the style of play um, that I, I – actually, if you could watch any of my high school film, you would see that, I, you know, we threw the ball all over the field. Mm -hmm. we, we, we let it go all – I played with, with the top wide receiver in the nation, Tommy Zimmerman, in high school, and – you know, he was the number one wide receiver. Him and Roscoe Crosby kind of battled for that one, that one and two spot. Um, so even in college, you know, my desire was to be one of those guys that line up in the shotgun like I did in high school, throw the ball all over the place. And when it was time for me to run, I could run, I can get away and escape. So it, yeah, before time, before my time was definitely the answer. Um, just like the Wildcat, you know, I still don't get, get the credit for the Wildcat, but actually I was still the first one running Wildcat, but nobody gives me the, the credit for it. But um, right. it's, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy knowing that now you see all these, these schools and I see all these teams that's, that's running in, even in the NFL, you know, you got guys who can run the ball when they need to, but mm. um, you know, I was just one of those guys and I wish that, you know, maybe my mom decided to have me like 10 years later. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, one, one of the most fun parts about, you know, being able to bring guests on like your yourself, Savelle, is like we've been able to talk with people from different eras, I'd say, of Gamecock football from more recent to even mm -hmm. back in the 90s. And, you know, you're the first player I've gotten yeah. to talk to from, you know, 03 to 06, sort of those transition years, obviously from Holtz to Spurrier. But major, I, major I can't – yeah, I can't get off the 2004 season because I've never been able to get the perspective, and I'm fascinated to ask you about the 2004 Clemson game and the brawl. Yeah. What? What? Because yeah. obviously you were you were hurt on that play, and you had to be helped off the field while all this madness is going on. I mean, just talk about. I mean, just talk about what happened. What was going through your mind? You're seeing this unfold, um, and just talk about what you remember from from the brawl. Well, actually, it started. It started at the beginning of the game. I remember um, we had Coach Dave, Dave Roberts, um, me and Mitra, me and Demetrius. We actually ran out first in front of the team, and 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 I just remember him screaming, "No!" We he, he said, "Meet them at the bottom of the hill." So we 
<laughs> we ran to the bottom of the hill, and if you remember that first play, that first mm. kickoff return. Oh, yeah, Corey Boyd. Boyd. Yeah, Corey Boyd got hit, and it was a fumble. So that kind of set the tempo and pace <laughs> of the game. <laughs> right. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't have ran to the bottom of the hill. But um, <clears throat> that play was kind of crazy because it was it was fourth down. I mean, we didn't really – it was kind of like, like desperation time. Right. Um, I threw the ball to Matt, Matthew Thomas and – of course, the ball didn't make it there because I got hit while I was throwing it. Mm. And um, while on the ground, one of their players, I forgot the guy's name, but he walked by and he kind of gave me a little punch to the helmet. And, and, and Chris mm. White was the center that time. Mm. And he saw it happen and he pushed the guy. And then the next thing I know, you know, it was a pushing match. And, and all I felt was somebody stomping on my ankle at the time. And, he, you know, you got 11, you got 22 players on the field at one time, offense and defense. And then you got 22 more players coming on the field, offense and defense. So you got now you sitting there with like 44 players on the t on the field at one time, and and people are having a pushing match. So I feel like it kind of escalated from there. But um, at, um, you know when you look at the teams and you look at the rosters, we all have played against each other in high school. Um, I even had a cousin there at the time, Tremaine Billy. Mm -hmm. So you know you look at the, the it, it just was a bad a bad situation that looked bad. It could have just been something simple. I mean, the guy pushed, pushed the quarterback. So what? Right. The game's over, you know, go off the field, but it just turned into something that, you know, now it's always going to be known as one of the biggest <laughs> right. brawls in sports history. Yeah. So your ankle was, yeah, yeah. Your ankle was stomped on by the, the Clemson guy, I'm guessing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was actually stomped on twist. Um, I had a high ankle sprain <clears> prior to that. I'm going into that game. So it was kind of, I was kind of um, doubtful, like, the, the past three games that I got hurt at Kentucky that year. Um, but we that's the game that Mike Rath came in mm. and backed me up, and he won the game off that pass. Um, but, um, yeah, that's that's that year. So they knew I had a high ankle sprain, and they, they really tried to right. – tried to break. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah, so all that craziness happens. Both teams don't get to go to a bowl game because of that. Then your yeah. head coach resigns. You have a coaching change. Coach Spurrier comes in. I mean, a lot is going on. I remember specifically, too, I mean, I almost hate to bring it up, but obviously your good friend you came into Carolina with, Demetrius Summers, gets dismissed. I'm sure that was, you know, tough for people, obviously, friends with him. And yeah, yeah. just a lot of craziness happening. Talk about what that was like going from the Holtz era to the Spurrier era and just how not just you, but the entire team sort of took that on. Um, it was actually a horrible transition. You know, I'm, I'm one of the only ones that kind of speak honestly about that transition. Mm -hmm. Um, I hated it. Uh, actually, honestly, I hated it for myself. Uh, some of the players, it was so much that went on, um, from, from the whole, the end of the season that, that game, you know, the players who, who've been, who've been getting pictures and stuff all, you know, through the whole time and, and those, we, if you can recall, during that transition, that was the same time that that we all got arrested for, mm. you know, taking for having pictures of ourselves. You mm. know, I know the media tried to make it seem as if like we were thieves, like uh, thieves or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. I didn't know that. But actually, know that. yeah, yeah, actually, it was portraits. I had a I had a portrait of myself and Coach Holtz. Mm. And I got you know, and you know, a few guys because at the end of the, evidently it was some type of violation. But the school tried to, you know, use us as like as if we took the pictures. But actually, they have been giving these these pictures to the guys after the season all right. these years. So 
you go from that, then you go from Mo Thompson getting kicked off the team from for 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 a joke, mm. you know, for a joke, and then you get Demetrius getting kicked off the team for um for not even failing the drug test. So it, it was kind of like, I, I'm you know, it was a bad, it was a horrible transition. And then the first time I met Coach Spurrier, um, I never forget it. The first day I met him was after like his team meeting. And the team meeting of, of him being introduced, and mm-hmm. I met him. You know, I was like, "Oh yeah, you know, Coach Burry, Wow, you know, you know, funny guy in offense. I'm, I'm ready." And then, you know, my first meeting with him, his first words were to me like, um, "Hey, thank you. Make a great wide receiver in my offense." So, <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah, right. So, right. um, yeah. So that was how that actually happened. I never got a chance to go into the spring and compete for a quarterback as a quarterback. Um, I never was even pegged on the depth chart as a quarterback. Mm. It was, you're going to be a wide receiver in my offense. And he also offered me to transfer. So wow. that was like the first meeting that most Carolina fans don't even know mm. what the heck Bill Newton went through during those times. But, it, you know, at, now that I look back at it, you know, maybe I should have transferred. Maybe it was the best time because transferring wasn't so big as it is now. Right, right. You know, so, you know, like, again, before my time, but um, maybe I should have transferred and, and took the, op, you know, the offer of being able to transfer to any school. He said he assigned for me to go from, to any school. He did not want me to play quarterback. So, um, but that was, the, that was like the first. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, probably if that happened today, I mean, you probably would have transferred just because it's so much so more the popular thing, right? I mean, you can go yeah, and. I would have I transferred quick, you know, because right. I'm like. But you know, you, you you hear about the stories of Coach Spurrier and his type of quarterback, and then you hear, then you see this guy who's an athlete who can throw, run, do all these things, and he tells him, you know, hey, I don't, I don't want you to play quarterback. So, it, it's kind of one of those things that right. um that kind of just stuck with me, and I end up staying and um, playing wide receiver that next year, and that's when that's when Blake was kind of struggling. He was kind of struggling, and that's when Coach Spurrier against Kentucky Wildcats put in the Wildcat formation. <laughs> and right. that's that's when I kept motioning back and forth. And then the next game was the Vanderbilt, the Vanderbilt game where right. I did the same thing and tore my Achilles. So, Yeah, yeah. So I, I was just going to say, that. I mean, that 05 season, obviously you didn't transfer. And like you're saying, you played wide receiver. I remember specifically, I mean, UCF, the first game of the Spurrier era, you had a – receiving touchdown in that one one of the funny things I'm thinking mm-hmm. you know talking about how he he moved you off the off the depth chart at quarterback and it's mm-hmm. kind of funny that he did that because he had you know I, I don't know where he's at now and I'm not trying to take a dig at him but like Antonio Hefner who was backing up Blake Mitchell I mean I, I would argue that you were not I don't know about similar style but way more dynamic I would say I like I don't I don't ever know why you know because Antonio Hefner we all know I remember vividly he got really one shot to play in his career and it was the game at Auburn where South, I mean South Carolina just got you know beat pretty bad and it was it that that's just kind of funny to hear that you know he wasn't willing to give you a chance when he has a guy like Hefner that is really just not as good of a version I would say as you were a quarterback but well, they tried to they tried to move him to um <clears throat> they they tried to move him actually but he did not move like he did not mm-hmm. move he was content with just being the the fourth string quarterback. <laughs> right, right, right. And that how that happened was that game that game he was not supposed to supposed to start that game. Mm-hmm. 
he he was he was kind of uh, I think we had who was it, Kate Thompson? Or, yeah, I remember. Yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't remember, but they had a horrible week at practice, and it was like the day before. Like Coach Coach Burry had said, like, "Hey, Tonio, you <laughs> you playing?" I remember that. <laughs> and, and then we get we get in the huddle. We get in the huddle at the Auburn game, and if you can recall, the first play was a timeout because right. mm. the crowd was loud and his eyes like were like, like that super wide in, right. the, in the huddle and we like hey man what's the play <laughs> and you know I, I I remember that game and it was it was like I said very bad it was very bad and it, it goes you know just to show what type of you know coach during that time you know right. we were we were all dealing with yeah, no, absolutely. So, but I, I will say you were able to turn 2005 until your injury into a really productive season. I thought, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. we had talked before this interview, just kind of from us posting the highlights that your game against, uh, you know, Vanderbilt was one of the best. I mean, I, you've probably seen from a South Carolina athlete uh, scored in all different type of ways. I remember specifically that, uh, you know, that game, just how dynamic you were. Just talk about, Talk about, you know, that season, that game specifically, I guess we can say, just, you know, what was clicking for you in that game? Because, like, like I said, it seemed like every time you touched the ball, you were finding the end zone. And then obviously <laughs> you suffered the injury. I mean, I feel like it had to be so tough when that yeah. game, you're starting to finally kind of find your groove. It's clicking. You know, mm-hmm. again, you're, you're hot, you could almost say. And then you get that injury. And I remember when that happened, I, I don't know if it was an article or maybe I heard someone saying that you thought your football career was over. I mean, you thought that was it. Uh, mm-hmm. Talk about how difficult that was for you, you know, suffering that injury and then knowing you had to rehab to get back to the next season just to get back on the field. It, that was a crazy game. I mean, um, you know, I had been talking – at the time, my brother was actually um, in the NFL playing for the Atlanta Falcons. And, um, you know, it, it, the story was kind of like, you know, I talked to some of the coaches and I kind of was making up my mind, like, hey, I wasn't coming back for my senior season. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to ride it while I'm hot. That time I was leading leading the team, like, right there, me and Sitton was kind of neck and neck mm-hmm. um, with, the, with the receiving receptions and stuff that year. And um, I had already made it from my mind. I wasn't coming back to Carolina. And um, that game, that game was – it's funny because – the crazy story behind that game, um, I never wore new cleats. <laughs> I never wore new cleats and uh, my cleats were super dirty. You know, I'm from Marlboro County. Didn't really, we barely had cleats, you know, and um, to, to coach Spurrier that game said, Hey, Savelle, why you don't want to, why, why you like to wear these dirty cleats? And I was like, they just feel good. Um, so, you know, he actually made the trainer go get me a brand new pair of cleats. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I was actually wearing, that was my first time wearing those cleats. But that game was it was special. Like I said, we put we ran the Wildcat from um, following the um, Kentucky game, and you know I I started off at running back, move out the wide receiver, Blake motion out the quarterback, and that's where that that whole formation started from. That game, um, well the Wildcat that game, and you know I got a lot of opportunities to rush the ball, got a lot of opportunity. I threw two touchdown passes that game. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a, it was just a, it was a fun game. I was having so much fun, and actually, I thought some one of my linemen just stepped on my ankle. Mm. But I can remember Doc. I, I remember Doc, the guy hitting me with the, and and I was like, "What that mean?" And then <laughs> it was like, "Son, you you you're done this year." And then you know that was kind of 
it was a hard thing, you know, mm -hmm. to deal with. Um, not hearing too much. You didn't hear about Achilles' um, injuries that much during that time as much as you hear about them now. Um, so, you know, I didn't know about it. All all I was reading about was saying it's, it's a career-ending injury. Um, but I had some great – I had great um, therapy with um, the staff. The staff was there. Um, Carrie, Carrie Gordon, she took great care of me. I'm talking about three workouts a day. And I had one of the fastest returns on an Achilles injury. They still have the um, – if you go to the stadium, it's still in the yeah. training room. And it talks about the road to recovery from from mm -hmm. that injury, and you know it was it was great getting back and coming back, back my senior season and being able to play play again, which was a very interesting season. <laughs> yeah, I know for sure. So I want to talk about that that road to recovery, like you were talking about, real quick. What was the most difficult part of that recovery? Was it the actual physical getting back to full strength, be able to play, or was it just the mental grind of knowing you almost had to kind of reset? you know, and just, just get back, being able to, you know, run again, play again, all that stuff. Well, it was, it, I would say the mental, it was very, it was more mental. Um, you know, I would say, you know, maybe some anxiety, a little bit of depression <laughs> sat in, uh, you know, you didn't hear about all those things during, during those times, like I said, as, it, as you hear about things now. Um, I didn't know, I didn't think, I, I was telling myself I'm done, I don't know what I'm going to do, maybe I have to do music, <laughs> I don't know, maybe I'm going to have to start going to class now and taking it serious, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't really know um, as far as like what was next and um, I actually, you know, I kind of just kind of went into my room, I kind of locked myself in my room um, and start writing, start reading, just doing different, some things, but I became very angry. And I was just angry at everyone, you know, but just, you know, not understanding that, hey, I got an opportunity to, to, to rehab and make a comeback. So that was very difficult for me during that time. I, you know, I just had too much. I had a whole lot of anger and anxiety issues mm. that, that I dealt with during that time. Absolutely. So you were able to rehab, though. You were able to come back. Mm -hmm. And like you said, 2006, your senior season was probably the weirdest of all of them. Um, you know, I have to imagine you're probably coming that season. You're like, okay, Blake's a starting quarterback. Blake Mitchell, starting quarterback. It's kind of like, you know, it's just where am I going to fit in? And after game two, after the Georgia game, South Carolina gets shut out at home. I remember I was at that game. Um, South Carolina gets shut out. You're back in the fold. I mean, playing quarterback. And I mean, I would say you had a very, very productive season. Um, led South Carolina. And I know that Blake Mitchell eventually came back in after I think it was the Arkansas game he came into. But, um, you were very much in the fold, you know, at quarterback through, uh, I think it was 12 touchdowns. Yeah, I got it pulled up right here, 12 touchdowns. Uh, I remember specifically, you know, that Thursday night game against Auburn that, you know, I would argue South Carolina should have won. Um, I mean, it, it was Jared, a really – Jared Cook, Jared yeah. Cook the touchdown pass. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't even want to say it, I'll be honest with you, because he's doing so I'll good in the it. NFL I'll right now. He's getting, paid, he's getting paid big bucks, <laughs> I can say it. Yeah, no, exactly. But <laughs> You should have caught uh, that ball. Yeah, no, I agree, 100%. But you were all over the field again and even played defense, which you had a huge sack in that Clemson game that season um, mm -hmm. to set up when they missed the field goal. Just talk about that season as a whole. I mean, again, you're all over the field. I, I feel like you almost feel like you're going week to week, not knowing, okay, am I going to stay at quarterback? Am I going to – and then just <laughs> add, on, add on top of it, you're playing defense as well. I mean, just, just mm -hmm. talk about what that senior season was like after, again, you talked about you were – planning on leaving earlier junior year the injury derails that and then you come back your senior year and 
again, I'd say you had what was a pretty productive, you know, senior season. Yeah. Um, you know, it, if I could, if I could say what that season was and it not be looked upon as bad, but that season was hell. Um, <laughs> it was, it, it was, it was, you know, coming off an injury, <clears throat> coming off an injury, like I suffered working so hard, you know, to get myself mentally, mentally back into it and also working so hard to get back physically able to compete like I did my senior year. Um, so that was very difficult. And, you know, the first, the first, the first game we came back, um, uh, that was the Mississippi state game. And that's when I, I actually mm-hmm. threw the ball, threw that pass to Corey Boyd and, yep. and kind of yep. put us up. And, you know, I was already known, you know, to be a quarterback, and when we we start struggling um, in the offense on the offensive end of the ball, and I was you know warming up in practice, throwing to the receivers, and for some odd reason, Coach Bird came over and asked, and he said, "Bill, you want to throw some passes in, in practice?" And I was like, "Not really," <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I actually did it. And the next day, they had a package in, you know, for me to be a, be the quarterback, and that was kind of going into the Wofford game. Mm. Yeah, so, you know, it was kind of crazy. I didn't know that I was going to actually be starting, but then he announced that I was starting. I was like, oh, I guess I got to get ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I remember specifically, so it's funny. <clears throat> I actually went to, uh, you know, I, I didn't have season tickets back then. I was only, what, I was probably 14 or 15. But uh, I remember specifically I went to Georgia, Florida, Atlantic, and Wofford and was at that FAU game where you threw – uh, it was a pretty historical game. You threw the five touchdowns of Sidney Rice. I think Eric Norwood had his – First sack of his career in that game. Bentley, so Bentley's of, the only one that threw five touchdowns. That's what they said. Yeah, see, that's inaccurate. <laughs> yeah, very inaccurate. Both that's, you know, yeah, hey, you know, hey, I, yeah. I get it. I mean, I, yeah, you specifically <laughs> threw, uh, threw five to Sydney Rice. Um, I'll ask you this. Yeah. Talk about your relationship with Sydney Rice, obviously, because you knew him as a wide receiver. You, know, you knew him as you were beside him as a wide receiver. You threw to him as a quarterback. And, obviously, we all know the talent that he was mm-hmm. and is. Just talk about your relationship with Sidney Rice, what that was like playing with him. Well, um, it was great. It was great playing with Sidney. Um, very humble guy, you know, um, nice guy. Always walk around with a smile on his face. I, I remember the first day that Sidney, you know, Sidney even found his way on the depth charts. If no, See, no one knows the Sidney Rice. Mm-hmm. Sidney Rice was actually, like, on the back of the depth chart, like the last receiver on the depth chart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And um, one day in practice, we were doing a, just a, a, like a drill. And I remember Blake threw the ball super high, and Sydney just went up very high and grabbed it and, and, and pulled the ball in. And Coach Burry that game just said, hey, I mean, that, that practice said, hey, let's throw this guy some fade routes and see what he can do. And Sydney <laughs> caught like four like four fade routes um, over Jonathan Joseph and Coach mm. Simpson, those those type guys. Mm. Um, you know, that that's where – Sydney made, made you know made a made his name for himself. Um, you know, good guy. Um, never really, I haven't heard from him probably since 2007. Mm. Uh, but you know, we did during our time while we was at college. We had a very close close relationship. But um, you know, we we he went on to to play in the NFL. I didn't, so we I guess we kind of lost kind of lost our um, connection with each other during that that time. Right, and I, it was funny. We were able to uh, – not sure if you saw. We were able to chat with Mo Brown, who I think played just after you at Carolina, uh, wide receiver. He played with you one year. Played with one you year. one year. Okay, that's – no, that is right. Yeah, 06. 
but he actually told us he thought Sidney Rice was the best wide receiver he had ever seen, which, you know, is that's pretty high praise. But uh, um, yeah. <laughs> so that 06 season, obviously, I think one of the plays, I don't say one of your most famous plays, one of the most well-known plays I can think of, one of the most well-known touchdowns you scored was the uh, play at Kentucky, you know, the Kenny McKinley pass down the field, which yeah. everybody thinks South Carolina's going conservative. Let's just sit on it and win the game. You catch yeah. the pass in the corner of the end zone. Is that your favorite score as a Gamecock or most memorable? Or do you have a touchdown that sticks out that uh, you had in Garnet and Black that kind of above all the others? Mm, no, I mean, that one wasn't the best The best one um, <laughs> that I would say. Um, actually, um, probably one of my, my favorite ones was against Ole Miss uh, back, back in the uh, 2005 season. Oh, it was yeah. like a run, a run up the middle. Um, that was one of my favorite ones. Um, uh, but you know that game, that game, that that play was actually was actually a good play. Um, I remember it. But that the end of that game wasn't wasn't very special. Um, you know, um, that was when we were up. We should have probably kicked the field goal. Should have let Ryan suck go come in and kick the field goal mm-hmm. just to end the game. But Coach Spurrier decided to go for it on fourth and two. And I looked at the defense, and the play was not going to work. I was going to mm-hmm. get hit in the mouth because. <laughs> but I, I tried to. But we actually, I actually called timeout, and we didn't have any timeouts. I pulled a Chris Webber in football. <laughs> right. So we got we went back five yards, and we still went for it. And I'll never forget it after this after that game. I, I actually got the video saved on my phone. I got the video. I never lose that video. After the game, I went to give uh, Coach Spurrier like his normal fist bump. <laughs> he slapped my hand and told me to get the hell out of his face. <laughs> I never forget that. Yeah, wow. I never forget that one. Um, but but that was that was a game, man. Uh, me and, yeah, me and Coach Spurrier didn't didn't quite. I mean that relationship, <laughs> that relationship. That's that's another story for another day. But um, that wasn't the best relationship I can say that I've I've had in, over my. 33 years of living, um, especially not the 2000, that's 2006, seven year. That was, you know, the ups and downs for that. Um, you know, being, being, like you said before, being one of the only four players to be acknowledged for that, uh, that all purpose record that I needed like six or eight yards to pass um, Heinz Ward. Mm. Um, you know, he knew that. I mean, ESPN even talked about it. Um, but uh, to take me out at the Arkansas game at halftime, and never play another snap, another snap of offense to come come the next week, the next week, um, you know, to get a phone call while I'm asleep from Coach Ron Cooper, the defensive uh, defensive back coach, telling me, "Hey, man, we need you to be at the defensive meeting." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And um, they, he, he was like, "Son, I know, I know, um, this is blah blah blah," but you know, that day that morning when I got there, I was so upset. And um, I didn't know that I was going to be playing defense. I never played, you know, defense. Right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, but it was, and we was going against the national champions that, that, that game, Florida. Mm-hmm. And to, to know, like, I'm, okay, starting quarterback is playing defense and everybody made it seem like <laughs> as if I made that decision. Right. I, I, you know, I literally, like, tried to quit. Like, I told them I'm done. Like, I'm not playing anymore. <laughs> And, um, you know, the coaches pulled me to the side and said, hey, son, you know, you, you, you're that close to, to, to the NFL. You don't want to do this. We understand. But they told me they had no place for me on offense. 
I remember that. They they I asked, I saw I said I couldn't I can't play wide receiver, I can't play running back. They said, No, we fool at wide receiver. We fool at running back. Can't play quarterback. So I you know, that game, you know, that game I still went out and had ten tackles. Um ten tackles that game, my first game playing defense and um also dropped the interception that probably would have won the game. <laughs> but yeah. No, I was just going to say, I can't imagine, you know, it's one thing to not start at quarterback where you want to be and be, all right, I'm still going to be on offense, making plays. But And I remember, too, you know, you say I, they made it sound like it was your choice. I mean, I just remember they made it at least like it wasn't a big deal. It's just everybody's on board no, with this move. No. And, right, like you Nobody, said. The, I wasn't on board. I, right, I, I no. Was very, I was very disruptive that whole week at practice, um, you know, like with the receivers, I mean, I could play. Like I said, what I did at that practice, I proved that I could play any position on the field. Going into you know, going into that game, like going that game that week at practice, I was you know jamming the receiver. They couldn't get off the line, and mm-hmm. you know, because I was so upset, I was competing at game time, at game tempo while they was just in practice. So um, I was very, very disruptive that week. Still went out, had a great game. Ended up starting at safety the rest of the season. But um, that never was a choice of mine. I never asked for it, um, even even all the way up to the Clemson game, mm-hmm. you know, um, where I was able to tell, you know, tell the coaches, hey, I can tell that it's run past by the offensive tackle. And we actually knew every play that they were doing that game because I found something on film, this film study. Um, but um, the, the, the last game we played was the Liberty Bowl. Mm-hmm. And – ESPN did this big old thing like, hey, you know, coach, you know, in Seville, we, you're right here. You need six. It's like it was six or eight yards. I can't even remember. It's been so long now. It's been 12 years. Um, they was like, you need these this amount of yards. And Coach Spurrier, actually, I practiced offense a couple of plays. Like, they had a couple of plays just to throw me some little screen routes to get the eight yards that I needed. But um, never happened. Never did it in the game. Never called the play. Never played. We blew. We actually blew. Met, um, who was it that year? Houston. Um, Houston. We yeah. played Houston in the game and never gave me an opportunity to get those yards. So after the game, my senior season, win a bowl game. You know, before the players got, before they got to the locker room, I was already dressed with my family. Right. Um, you know, I, I I was just so I was so hurt, so upset that you know that I've given so much to a you know a university or to a program that basically gave you know gave me nothing um pretty much nothing so you know and i'm not not i don't harbor that or hold regret like regrets to it anymore because um i love coach Muschamp and i love his staff i think they're awesome mm-hmm. i love what they're doing um i i want to be a part of it um but you know the whole spurrier situation um i you know i never I never, never forgot that, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I think one of the most interesting things about, you know, your relationship or lack thereof with Steve Spurrier and I guess maybe his stubbornness and not wanting to give, you know, you an opportunity being a dynamic playmaker back at quarterback is that, you know, like we said, you, you were ahead of your time for sure. The style of quarterback you weren't, the style of player you were. And I would argue that that almost set up for – I think Steve Spurrier eventually realized that he—that's what he needed—a player like you. And I would argue it wouldn't have been no Con. It wouldn't have never been a a, a Stephen Garcia or never been a Connor Shaw. Yeah, no, absolutely. Never been been those guys. It would have just been your typical, 
you know, drop, drop back. back quarterback that 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 came that, that come in and run that style of offense. Um, I changed I changed the narrative for him. You know, he even wrote about it in his book. Um, he wrote a, he wrote about me in his book. Um, uh, the old ball, oh, what is it called? Old ball coach. Yeah, I don't have it, so I mean, I don't know, but uh, yeah, yeah I, I remember his book specifically. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that book he wrote about me in the book. Well, whoever wrote the book wrote about right. me. Um, in the book, I still haven't read it. Don't want to read it. Um, probably won't read it. Right. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you hear so many things about that 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 situation as far as Coach Spurry and, and and Coach. We talk. We're talking about a coach who turned down Cam Newton for coming to the university. Wow, I, I did not so, know that. Well, do your research. Cam, <laughs> Cam Cam Newton was told if he come to South Carolina that he would play tight end. Mm. That's yeah, I mean, it, it's funny because we, you know, I've actually been able to talk to Stephen Garcia, Connor Shaw, and Perry Orth, and some of the other guys that played quarterback for Spurrier, you know, while he was at South Carolina. And it, it's funny, you know, you hear like, for example, Garcia and Shaw talk about, especially Connor Shaw talk about, you know, how tough Steve Spurrier was in his quarterbacks. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, you're a guy he actually likes. So I can't imagine how tough it would have been to be a quarterback under Steve Spurrier when he's a guy that, you know, like yourself. I mean, it sounds like a uh, a tough relationship, I guess you could say. I mean, we obviously know kind of his mannerisms and how he – just how he is in general. And I know that can rub people the wrong way and just come off, you know, as being an ass. So um, – <laughs> but I, I yeah. will say – I will say as a Gamecock fan, you know, it's – we obviously – and this is, it's I'm so glad we're talking about it because it's great to hear kind of what was going on behind closed doors. But – I know that South Carolina fans still think of you to this day and nothing – or have, will always think of you as nothing but a selfless player and somebody who was a team guy. And, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, just to stick around and for moving from offense to defense, like you, know, like you said, I mean, I, I can't imagine how tough that would have been. But, um, obviously, the NFL professional football was on your mind. I, I just want to touch on it just for a second. Um, mm-hmm. I was actually reading you were the 37 – or rated the 37th best wide receiver in the 07 NFL draft um, mm-hmm. by, by a draft website. Um, you went undrafted, had a short career in the Canadian Football League, did some arena football. Just talk about your, you know, your professional career as a whole. And then I'm curious, do you think that because you know, I would argue in college, not that you didn't have a position, but I think you maybe did so many things well that maybe maybe scouts didn't know where to put you or where to really list you. Do you think that had any impact on your professional career? And then again, just talk about your professional career, how you feel it went as a whole. Well, I mean, most people most people also don't know that the Clem- that Clemson game, I um I fractured my pelvic bone. <laughs> oh, well, see, I didn't know that either. Yeah, so no, most people don't know that. And um, I actually be before before any testing, any combine or anything like that, I was not rated thirty seven wide receiver overall. I, I was rated like almost close to the top ten. And, and and some of the and some of the reports had me as the number one overall athlete. Um, I played in the the, the Shrine Bowl. Um, that game I was actually mic'd for. Um, and and um, it was it was it was crazy because I couldn't really practice that week because I was still hurt. You know, I was um, I was hurt. I didn't know. I just thought it was a groin injury. Mm-hmm. So when I got to the combine, when I got to the combine. I was down. Actually, I trained with Kevin Johnson every every morning down at Tom Shaw down in Orlando, Florida. So you know, um, I trained with a lot of the top receivers that was coming out that year. 
but I couldn't really couldn't really perform. So I came back home to get some medical treatment with, with Dr. Guy. And um, you know, I kinda I healed up a little bit, but I didn't we still didn't know until I got to the combine and they did my x-rays that I had a fractured pelvic bone. <laughs> right. So that, that, that was the reason, you know, of the slow 40, the slow 40 yard dash and mm. um, not being able to finish the workout after I ran that, um, after I ran it, I think I, I even heard it even more. Cause that was the first time I really like opened up, opened up right. running um, after that. And it, and, and it was, that was the, that was the major issue. Um, for me dropping all the way down and then pro day I, I, I tweaked it again thought I was ready to go so um, it was it was that it was that like a lot of people still like I said they only know about the Achilles injury but that that game against uh, Clemson when Jacoby Jacoby Ford cut back across the field and um, he, he looked like he was going to go out of bounds and my cleat got stuck in the ground and I felt the pop and it, that was that, that was that. And I suffered actually for like two years of even like healing to be able to go play arena ball. So, you know, it was, it was kind of a tough recovery, but um, you know, I don't think it had anything to do with position. Mm-hmm. You've seen a lot of guys change positions during that right, time. Right. And I, I, you know, I could have did the same thing and it was just, an injury, another injury. Right. So, do, do you feel like you were? Do you feel like you came back as explosive after the Achilles injury, or did you did you feel like you sort of missed a step after that? No, I, I felt great. I mean, it took me mental wise when you come off an, um, <clears throat> uh, an injury like that. You 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 definitely you know you you thinking like, hey, it happened, and I wasn't expecting it to happen. It happened again. That was my first injury, really, in, in playing sports. Period. Mm-hmm. So um, um, I didn't I didn't know how to re- how to recover from that, but I did did recover. And once I you know figured it out that I was okay, I didn't have any problems. I felt like I was explosive, but um, you know I felt I felt that I wasn't never the the same, the same player right. again. Absolutely. So you know, obviously, life after football for you. I say life after football because I think you did a lot of you know coaching and. Um, you were obviously at the South Carolina game against Akron, you know, getting back on campus. I think it was definitely great. Again, I know that you had, um, you know, a rocky career, if you will, but I think the South Carolina fans are definitely, we're definitely ecstatic to see you back in Columbia, back in Williams Bryce. I definitely think one thing that's gotten much be- better under Coach Muschamp is, you know, oh, yeah. back all the alumni, getting, getting back the people. One of the things, like I said earlier, one of my favorite things about what we do with the Spurs Up show and just being able to cover the South Carolina Gamecocks is, I think it's really cool to kind of appreciate where you came from and appreciate the different areas of South Carolina athletics. And, you know, obviously your era was very, very important because like you mentioned, I oh, yeah. there's a Steven Garcia, there's not a Connor Shaw. None of those guys come about if that seed isn't put in Steve Spurrier's head that, hey, you do need a dynamic quarterback that can run and can throw or at least has the threat to do both. Um, but just yeah. talk about what you've been up to since your playing days at South Carolina and that professional career you had. Just talk about what you've been up to and, uh, you know, what you're up to now. Well, um, I, I went back to school in 2012 and, um, you know, finished my degree. I, I, I needed like awesome. a year to finish, like a year to finish and, and I, was, I was allowed, you know, allowed to be a, like a GA. It was called an undergrad GA for the team that year. Right. Um, Connor was there, you know, um, Clowney was there, all those guys, Lattimore. So I, I actually had fun. Learned a lot, you know, coach, and I helped coach me. Now, me and Coach Perry Jr. has a great relationship. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, 
we have a great relationship. We actually text. He's at Washington State now. We text all the time. But, um, yeah, but just after that, I got my degree, went in. I was an offense coordinator for four years, um, two, two successful years with Brooklyn Casey, um, and then two, two with uh, Keenan, Keenan High School, which they end up going to the, you know, the state championship. I haven't coached. I haven't coached since then. Um, I'm actually now a teacher. I'm a teacher, believe it or not, at Blythewood High School. Not coaching. I'm not coaching um, anything right now. Just, mm-hmm. just working with the kids and um, going out in the community, doing other different things, and um, doing some fitness training with uh, my 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 clients. Um, I got mm-hmm. a company, fitness company called Bu for You. It's just basically uh, allowing people to come in and not just get just um, fitness fitness training, but also allowing them to get some type of uh, motivation and encouragement and teaching them how to be the best them and love themselves for how they are. And that's kind of what I do um, now is just more of me just loving people. I mean, right. I mean, one thing during my career, I can say that I, that, that I, I always, after every single home game, Everybody, every every player ran and jumped on the bus. I stayed after every single game and signed uh, every autograph until the last person got it signed. So, mm. I mean, that's that's one thing that I can say that I did do um, for the fans. So, you know, I, I love them. That's why I still get the same respect from them because I think some of those things will, will never go unforgotten. Absolutely. Like you said, I mean, I think you're somebody I can definitely look at and say you gave everything you had to South Carolina. And, I mean, I think that's mm-hmm. – you know, I think that's all fans really want, I guess you can say, from their student-athletes. Yeah, but, I mean, you, you definitely yeah, went course. above and beyond, I would say, honestly, just with your, you know, selfless nature, being willing to switch positions, even if it wasn't always what you wanted. I'm kind of curious, mm-hmm. when you went back as a GA in 2012, um, did you have much communication with Steve Spurrier? Was it kind of like stay out of his way at all costs? Or, I mean, what was that working dynamic like? Um, it it was actually, you know, it was actually totally different from Savelle the player from Savelle <laughs> Savelle the coach, you right. know. Um, it, it was totally different. Um, actually, during that time, you know, I was able to actually have a small relationship with Coach Spurrier. Um, and you know, his wife, everyone loved Jerry. Um, mm. you know, it, it was it was it was kind of it was it was different. It was a very different environment, um, total change. You know, new new strength coach. The strength coaches during that time was totally awesome. Um, moving away from the Mark Smith area, um, era. Um, so it was it was different. Um, had a lot of support, uh, a lot of support from him. Um, the the AD at you know the assistant ADs. Um, and I want they actually a lot of people mostly don't know that either. They were going to hire me into the staff as far as um recruiting (laughs) that next year but um of course we all know the story how you know how that ended Mm -hmm. with him you know leaving in the middle of the season so ever since then I've just been been hoping and looking for an opportunity to get in some form of, of of position to where I can you know maybe go out you know recruit recruit in inside of the state of South Carolina Help with the high school coaches. Uh, been doing doing um, high school football games with Corey Miller. Um, he's been great to me um, to during this time, allowing me to get in, do sports, and still cover football. Um, so you know that's been big. And I, I think that if I was allowed, or if they have a position as far as like being able to be in 
like going to the different high schools, meet mm. the high school players here, continue to recruit this area. We'll stop losing, um, you know, some of the, the players or that, that are supposed to be here in the state that's going to perform other places, right. even up the road to Clemson. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I, yeah. I definitely think you're on to something there. And I, I was going to ask, you know, wrapping up here, but I was going to ask, I mean, I saw your tweet today just kind of talking about the whole recruiting aspect and that was something. So yeah. I, is that something you're – that's something you're actively trying to do, whether it be with the recruiting or do you want to also get back in coaching or do you really specifically want to focus on kind of the people side of things and work um, in the recruiting yeah, aspect? I, yeah, I, lo I, love the, I love the people part of it. I don't need, mm. you know, to do the whole coaching part of it. I think a lot of schools have great, great people that are very um, – that's very crucial to the recruiting process that never get talked about, never seen. Um, um, I'm not asking to be – uh, a Marcus Lattimore type face mm -hmm. of the, the, the franchise or, or school person. But I do think that there's a lot of people who were there like Andre Goodman, you know, had a great NFL career that, that most people don't know. He was very influential to a lot of players during the mm -hmm. time. Um, uh, I forgot the other, other cornerback that came in. He was there for for a while. You got guys like Langston Moore who don't mm -hmm. really get yeah. talked about. You know, a lot. Yeah, he was He was on our show. He's a great dude. Great guy. Doing a lot of good guy. work in the state, too. A lot of great work in the state with his, him and Preston Thorne. Mm. Um, actually got a chance to work with him at Blythewood. So, you know, it's a lot of guys that really don't get talked about at all these major schools. And, you know, actually talking to Steve Spurry Jr. and some of the other coaches, they was like, you would be perfect, like perfect to be in some form of, of, of relation spot. Um, I think Clyde Wren is still the high school relations coach um, um, person right now, coordinator or, or mm -hmm. what administrator. But, um, you know, it's time. It's, it, I just think it's time for, um, you know, to find a position um, at some school, um, mm -hmm. whether it's Carolina. You know, I would love for it to be Carolina, but um, I've been talking to a few more, like, different schools as far as, like, maybe coming in, and being some part of the, you know, the, the front office part. And, and that's what I'm going to school for. I'm finishing up my master's. I finished up my master's in May. And then I'm going to start my doctorate in, um, in sports administration. So, you know, as that's, that's where I want to get into. And that's where, I, where I'm leading myself. So, you know. That's awesome, man. Yeah, education is power. I love that. That's awesome. Better in yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny, you know, you talked about, you again, you were back in Columbia at South Carolina at the Akron game. You've gotten to, I guess you got to meet Will Muschamp. Um, just really quickly, talk about your impressions of the work, the job he's doing, obviously year three, South Carolina headed to the Belt Bowl. Um, just talk about kind of the job you see he's doing and how, how, how do you think he fits in the South Carolina program as far as them moving forward? Well, actually, man, I, 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 I honestly love Will Muschamp, man. Um, uh, he, he himself, um, Coach Thompson and, and you know, McClendon, and, and those guys are just are top-notch guys, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, you, you meet them, you meet them, and, you, you know, it's not like you don't even get the almost, like, coach vibe. It's more, it's more kind of like the friendly vibe. When I, I, I met Coach Muschamp way before this, this uh, on-the-field thing, um, mm -hmm. and um, the, the first story he was telling, an interesting story because he was actually the defensive coordinator that Auburn game we should have won. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, he was just telling me how, hey, you know, hey, man, you're responsible. You almost got all of us fired that game. 
and um, I think he did did have to fire like his D line coach or something like that. Mm-hmm. I can't remember, but that, that was the first time I met him. It was so funny, and um, actually, I actually I text him um, almost after every every game, something like that. I just text him. I know for a fact the past two games, and also thank him for allowing me to be a part of that Akron game, even though it's a makeup game. But mm-hmm. you know, to just be able to get back to the school, get around and, and do some of the things. And um, when Debo was going through his injury, yeah. I reached out to him and gave him some motivation to um, extend the hand. So um, it, it's just something that you you have to continue to do to show that, you know, that's not just football. It's, it's, a, it's a GC nation. And mm-hmm. it, that's that's the thing that we take with us through life to know that it's it's our own fraternity. And yeah. um, Coach Muschamp, I can tell he's keeping – he's growing that and allowing the alumni to even be able to be a part of the program. So that's that's a major plus for one. And just what he's doing already in three years in recruiting, and they probably don't even need me in recruiting. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, but just what he's doing in recruiting and – and and all the things that he's doing for the for the for these guys, um, you don't hear you don't hear about guys really getting arrested. Mm-hmm. You don't hear about guys, you know, you don't hear about guys going to um, nightclubs, getting fights, or getting kicked off the team for 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 you know drugs or anything like that. So that goes far to show you that hey, you know, this 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 coach really has it. He maybe has a tough stand at uh, Florida, wherever he's been, but here at Carolina, you know, he's really showing up to be a, a a pretty good coach and 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 I hats off to him even absolutely. though I got head on. <laughs> yeah absolutely is it uh is it crazy to go back to Williams Bryce and just look around at not just inside Williams Bryce but obviously you've got the indoor facility you've got the new ops building that's going to be finished uh probably in the next month or so I mean just the aesthetics yeah. of Williams Bryce around it. I mean it's it looks a lot different than it did in 2003 2004 even oh, 2005 yeah. I mean I I have to imagine that's pretty crazy to go back. And like I said, I think it's cool to talk to you guys. And you know, we talked to Langston and Phil Petty, people that were early 2000s, late 90s. And I feel like really set the foundation for what South Carolina was able to do 2010 to 2013 and what they're doing now with building with Will Muschamp. So I think it's, you know, very cool. Like you said, the GC Nation, the unique fraternity, I think is a real thing. And I think Will Muschamp's bringing that back. So. Yeah, the, facil- the facilities are beautiful. Um I, when I got there the other day, um, I didn't even know I didn't even know like <laughs> where to go to Will Call. I'm like, man, <laughs> I actually bu- I actually bumped into um, the Connor shop. Bumped into Connor. Um, he was going to get uh, I guess his tickets. I haven't been to um, any games any games in the past few years, and that was like really the first. It was kind of like I said a surprising thing, that, you know, that I got honored as. It, you know that that celebrity game um starter game but right. it was it was fun it was a great experience and um it kind of really lifted off a lot of like weight bad weight that mm. i carried in in that stadium and being being around that that you know the program and um hopefully you know so hopefully you know things continue to grow with the, the alumni we got the alumni center um you have alumni dinners got alumni games now so you yeah. know it's it's so much that's going on that, that that this staff has has brought up, and I'm loving it. I think it's going to be great. I hope the basketball program starting to do that. I talked to mm. um, talked to the, one of the Dozier brothers. He said the basketball program not doing stuff like that. But I I would love to see our university 
um, just just like I said, as all sports continue to honor honor the, the facilities that that like knowing where they come from, new track facility, um, mm. new tennis, knowing what knowing some of the guys and some of the women who who have been the 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 foundation of a lot of these things starting to happen, and um, I just I just appreciate appreciate it. And I love being back out there on the field. So it was great. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have to make sure that because uh, I know they're going to have a uh, some sort of hall new ops facility that kind of has highlights of past players. We got to make sure they have a uh, a section of the facility dedicated to one of only four college football players with a uh, 600 yard rushing passing receipt. We got to we got to make sure Will Muschamp knows about that so we can have that uh have that highlight, well, highlighted ops facility. <laughs> I see, I see all these names up in the stadium for for getting recognized for, yeah. for for like like national records and stuff like that, but not mine. And, <laughs> and you know, I, I've been I've been waiting on waiting on them to put that up there. Um, you know, I just think in college football, period. You know, the mm. wild even with the wildcat wildcat stuff. I mean, that was on video games. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. you would think that something. Yeah, so you know, I mean, it is. It's something that I know, you know, know about, um, you know, stories be told, but that'll be part of, that'll be part of my documentary series, um, um, show that's going to come out very soon. Um, that'll be coming up. So a lot of people who heard some of the things this show, they will be able to hear a lot more things that took place, um, in that, in that, in that film. So that'll be coming out soon. Awesome. Well, you got a, you got a release date set for that or is that, uh, just we, in the works? We have or? not. We not have a got a release date for it, but it's going to be called Institutionalized. Um, the, the reason why I chose that that name uh, for it is because a lot of college a lot of college players, you know, they go through so much behind the scene things that 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 fans never get to understand. You know, that's why I was so upset about the booing and stuff of, of college athletes. You know, they have no idea what college athletes go through on mm-hmm. and off the field. So um, I think no college athlete should ever be booed. I don't care about his performance, whatever it is, should mm-hmm. never be booed because you never know. And um, I just think that for me, I didn't have an NFL career. So, and, and um, yeah, I mean, what what can I ruin? I can't ruin anything. I can't ruin a teaching job because I'm already mm-hmm. teaching. <laughs> so, so why not, you know, allow, allow you know, some of the, 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 the players now, it's still players that, that are caught up in different institutions, um, look at the Clemson quarterback, Kelly Bryant, his mm. situation, how that played out. You know, you just look <laughs> yeah. at a lot of different players that get caught up in systems and no one gets to know the t- true story. The media only gets to write up how they want to write it up, mm. like writing up Savelle chose to go to defense. I never wanted to go to defense. <laughs> I almost, I literally got my stuff and walked out of the stadium. And that, so, so, you know, it's a lot of stuff that's going to be talked about on that 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 video the whole getting arrested stuff uh mm-hmm. for my picture and stuff like that so i'm just gonna hold a lot of that stuff i want to talk about a lot of it but you know a lot of people don't want me to want me to, to do it but i don't care i'm gonna do it anyways and, and that's really just where it goes from there yeah no i think that's great i think it's good to just put stuff out in the open and be honest and i know we'll be looking forward to that um yeah legendary conversation man appreciate having you on let everybody know where they can find you on a on social media and also your, you know your training your training business as well and just kind of where they can find you. Okay, yeah. Um, um. Basically, my my Instagram. I just got an Instagram page again <laughs> and a Twitter page. I just got a Twitter page again, but it's just it's just at Seville Newton. 
Um, I changed it from the, um, my old producer name when I was doing music, Nudie Beats. So now it's back to just at Seville Newton. You can find me on Facebook. Um, same thing, Seville Newton. Um, my, my fitness company is right here. It's located um, 1971 Legrand Road at Robinson Hill. See, I'm wearing one of the shirts right now. Robinson Hill Boxing Academy. Um, if you want information about, about training and stuff like that, uh, we've got meal preps and all different types of things that, that we, we do with that company. And, and it's uh, find me on Facebook, and, and that's that'll be a great conversation. I'd love to have you train you. Hey, Elsevel Newton, that's a trainer. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm about to say we might uh we have to, might have to do a special piece of content, the Spurs Up show. We get training at uh at Savelle Newton's <laughs> boxing Come academy. On. Yeah, well, actually, we'll, actually, me and Carlos Powell, actually, me and Carlos Powell, uh, NIT champion too. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a name drop right there, Carlos Powell. Yeah, that's a name. Carlos Powell. Yeah, we we both actually train at we actually train our clients at the same gym. Wow. So that, that's that's something huge. Uh, you bump into Devin Downey, uh, Tina Roy. Um, a lot of those guys, um, guys is actually at a boxing gym, so it's actually fun. So if you come in, um, the guy that owns the gym is um, Dominique Robinson Neal. He's a great, mm. great guy. Um, his son is twenty and zero as a professional boxer, never getting wow. recognition here in, in Columbia, South Carolina. So it, it's very fun. I mean, come in, me or Carlos, one of the former Gamecocks, but he has his um, his company, and I have mine, and it's BU for you. Um, so be you for you, love yourself. So come in and I'll take care of anything that you're dealing with or you need your fitness needs. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah, go check him out for sure against Savelle. We really do appreciate it. Uh, legendary conversation, man. We really appreciate you taking the time and uh, let's do it again sometime. Sounds great, man. Anytime. Yeah, absolutely. So for Savelle Newton and Thomas Floyd, I'm Chris Phillips. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Catch us next week as we're back with another episode. Until then, appreciate it. Stay tuned. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.